Spirits of French Lick is proud to introduce the Lee Sinclair Four Grain Bottled and Bond Bourbon. This four-year-age, double-pot distilled, non-chill filtered bourbon has creamy, round, and lifting notes with caramel and vanilla, followed by apple, mint, graham cracker, and ginger, as well as cardamom. The finish is slightly French walnut, resolving the sweet, fruity, almost ground cherry and white pepper. Our spirits are available for tasting and purchase inside the French Lick Winery and Distillery. Spirits of French Lick. Respect the grain. Please enjoy responsibly. Hey, Scotchy Bourbon Boys. This is Tiny to tell you about the new Dant Crossing. Dant Crossing is a -a one-of-a-kind destination to make lasting memories with family and friends. The pastoral campus is anchored by Logstill Distillery, where you can enjoy their truly outstanding Monk's Road spirit. Enjoy world-class entertainment at their outdoor amphitheater, The Amp. Stay overnight at one of their unique lodging options. Host an unforgettable experience at their 18,000-square-foot wedding and events venue. And enjoy acres of wooded walking trails and a 12-acre fishing lake. More attractions will open soon at Dant Crossing, including a fully functional private train depot and farm-to-table restaurant. For more information, go to www. DanCrossing.com. to another podcast of the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. Tonight we got CT here. Join us in. How you doing, CT? I'm doing good, doing good. How's everybody doing? And Tiny here. Uh, we're the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. Remember www.scotchybourbonboys.com for everything Scotchy Bourbon Boys. You can pull in Scotchy Bourbon Boys t-shirts. You can pull in the Glen Karens, these beautiful Glen Karens. Uh, courtesy, not courtesy, but helped by uh, Martin Duffy, the Glen Karen uh, North American glass representative. He is a Scotchy Bourbon Boys for all your Glen Karen needs. And then also remember, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. And then also all the major podcast formats uh, we're on. Spotify, we are on iHeart, we're on, you know, Apple. Uh, All I ask is if you are listening, please like, comment, and leave good feedback. And that puts us into another podcast of the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. Excited today. Are you, CT? I am excited, definitely. And this is our only one this week, so it's even more exciting that we get to get this out there and have a good time. Well, the reason why... 
It's the only one this week. And uh, also, everybody know we're on Facebook Live. So, uh, Justin Whaley says hi. Hi, Justin. Good to see you. Um, I hope he's recovered from his charity event because it looked like that was a little rough. But uh, we were very proud of you, Justin. Uh, It was awesome to see all the pictures and everything that came out of there. And you are an awesome individual to go, you know, to do what you did. Um, Yeah. Okay, and now, so, just real quick, uh, some of the people that are watching, Greg Schneider, uh, the master distiller of chicken cock, he says he has some awesome news to share with us about one of their CCW renditions. Can't reveal the news until later this week, but he knows we'll be very pleased to learn that news about one of their products. You'll all have... You, one of the products you all have raised for, raved about for some time, as always. Thank you so much for your under, underlying support. So I'm excited about that. Well, yeah. So, Greg, can we do a live reveal of whatever it is at dinner at Amore? That would be cool. We do a Facebook Live with Al and everybody afterwards. We all hang around, and you, you, you could do yeah. the live news right from there. That would be freaking awesome, yeah. you know? <laughs> I mean, t- we are headed – um, the reason why it, that we're just doing this uh, one podcast this week is as soon as I'm done here tonight, I'm going to start packing up the podcast studio because we are headed to um, Kentucky and Indiana for a long weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Friday starts off. We will be podcasting at 1.30 live from Michter's with Dan McKee. Now, that's the first one. I mean, that's just going to be freaking awesome. That's for sure. Yeah. And then... We are going to, we're going from there, uh, when we're finished up, uh, we're going to be going out with, uh, well, I, I don't know who, but we're, we have the evening set, but we're going to have Super Nash, we're going to have CT uh, Friday night, and myself, uh, where we got an Airbnb down there, and then Saturday rolls around, and we've got to be at Starlight, meeting Turner Wathen for a barrel pick. And then also blending, uh, he's going to show, it sounds like he wants to show us how he does his process. It was, was that what you're getting yeah. out of there? I think he wants to show us the process, show us the barrels, try the barrels, and then eat pizza. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, he, he mentioned <laughs> something about eating. And so when we finish up there, we're headed to Amori with Al. And 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 meet up with Greg, Stacy Pritchard, uh, Kentucky Bourbon Festival. Uh, Hi, Stacy, if you're out there. Yeah, I mean, my God, uh, the people that she's been with just this week. I mean, all it is is one. She's at uh, today. She was at um, <laughs> Cave Hill Rabbit Hole. Thank you. She oh, was yeah, at Rabbit was, Hole. I mean, and the picture lineup. Oh, Holy yeah. crap! My God. <laughs> yeah. And it's like I, you know, hopefully that we could get on a couple barrel picks this this year for this this for uh, Kentucky Bourbon Festival. Kentucky Bourbon Festival tickets go on sale May 11th at 12 p.m. Check it out, man! This year they've got everything. It's pretty awesome. But then also May 2nd, which is next Tuesday, we're having Kentucky Bourbon Festival President Randy Prassi on. So look forward to that on eight. What? El Presidente. El Presidente. Um, 8.30 uh, 
on Tuesday night Eastern Standard Time next week at the, you know, just be right back here. We'll do it live again. We'll do everything. We'll monitor everything and keep going. Um, and then, so when, then when we're finished up at, at there in the morning, we're going to be coming back into Louisville, going to have some fun. And then on our way back on Sunday, we are stopping off at Neely and seeing Rebecca. And she is going to we're we're thinking maybe get a podcast out of her. I'm gonna yeah. I will have the mobile podcasting, so I might be able to set it up with whoever. Maybe, you know, we'll we'll just see how it goes once we have that studio gone. And I've got I'll have like I said, Super Nash is flying in. Uh we've got I got CT myself, Rachel's coming, your Rachel's coming down. Now Roxy can't make it, but uh she is busy. Uh, her business is doing well, so I'm not going to complain about that. I'm just going to go off and keep having fun with UCT. Uh, sounds like a plan to me. As long as we're able to do it, let's do it. So. What are you looking forward most to? I mean, honestly, what what uh, uh, this? Yeah, this weekend. What are you looking forward most to? I mean, it's so it's so intense. I. I have to tell you, it's it's hard to put a thumb on what is the most uh, anticipated thing, but I just seeing everybody. I, I I like going back down. You know, even if we go to Evan Williams and see Micah and uh, say hi to those guys, and uh, go down and uh, see the Hubers while we're at uh, Starlight, say hello to them, Andrew. Uh, getting to see Greg for dinner is always, I, there's no way you could put one of those things, Dan McKee, Rebecca, any one of them and say, wow, one of these is my most anticipated thing because it's literally like a dream that you get to go and be involved in all of it in one weekend. Yeah. And uh, just everybody kind of sometimes asks, you know, what, what do you get out of it? You know, we're going down there, but what we're going down there for um, is the camaraderie the family, mm -hmm. the, the friendship that exists. I mean, you know, we yeah. never know that we might, who we're going to see or the people that we've seen before and who we're going to run into. It, 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 you just always run into so many more people, but at the same time, we're doing it for you guys out there because yeah. this is content that we feel is very, you know, you're going to get, it's, we're it's gonna, exclusive. Yeah, we're going to be who's going to get the chance to go do some of these things. And maybe you will at one point, And I hope so. But it's nice to be able to bring it to the table uh, and uh, share the inside stuff. And maybe hopefully it gives you an idea of things that you may want in your own bourbon bar. You know, you're like, hey, I don't know about uh, Michter's. I've never had anything Michter's. Well, when we go and do a podcast. Maybe there's something there that you'll see that you like. I mean, obviously Greg Schneider with chicken cock. If, if you get the chance to try that, it's so many of them are delicious. Uh, and I, and I don't think people always know that. So I feel good that we bring that to the table as well as us getting to have fun mingling with, with some pretty cool people. Well, I like to bring the real to the people yes. because these yeah. the people who make bourbon and whiskey um they're putting their place in history which when you read about histories of bourbons and whiskeys and people write books about the time periods it's kind of like artwork 
The mm-hmm. time periods are based off of the popularity of the spirits and how they're being made and how they're being sold. I mean, during Prohibition, when nothing was being really distilled legally, um, it that that was a whole defining era of bourbon. I mean, bourbon was still the, the stuff that had been aging and it just kept being delivered. It still was being drank and t- talked about. And the same thing. You know, now um, we are in a bourbon boom, which will go down in history in a 100 years. This bourbon boom um, is restoring bourbon to its grandness, you know, and, and whiskey yeah. to its grandness. And its importance in the, the, the country and the world because people just don't understand what this what whiskey and alcohol is to even government. Yeah, and has been. I mean, you got to remember this three-tier system, this tax system. The government's pulling in a good amount of money. Um, the more we drink, the more we're supporting our government. And yeah, but it's a little. But, bit, you know, go ahead. No, go ahead. It's it's a little bit different than other you know type things. You get something out of this. You, uh, it's like when you go out and buy a pack of cigarettes. Okay, the government takes its money and everything. But what you don't hear a lot of people talking about, hey, I got together on Friday night and we smoked these really good Marlboros together, you know, and you're yeah. it's, it's not a fan. That's a habit. This is a lifestyle that is all about friendship. And although it's in the forefront, it isn't the forefront. Uh, it's the like you said, it's the people and the friendship. And then when you understand the people and the goodness of those people making this spirit, it's like, it's such a great thing to do, but bring that to you, like show you Dan McKee. We're going down there because Dan is such a great guy and we've talked to him and we want to get to know him more because we had a good time at Kentucky Bourbon Festival with him. And he said, so now we get to spend another couple hours getting to know him, right? Yeah, that's that's and that's what it's all about is it's not we're not after. And that's what I mean is I think it's great that we're not after something. We're just after stories. We're after, you know, tell us more about what your product is and where it came from. And and uh, that way we can share it with other people the same way. And uh, hopefully along the way you find something you really, really like. And it's it's happens every day (laughs) you pick up a bottle and you're like, Wow, this is this is so and so talked about this, and it's delicious, you know. So, um, I'm excited for this weekend. Uh, I'm excited to try these five bottles that we've got in front of us too, because I've nosed them all. And uh, the exciting thing for me there is that they all have a good nose, um, and there's nothing off-putting. Uh, which for five bottles from somewhere that I've never tried before, never really even heard of. Um, that's that's kind of exciting for me. <laughs> I got a comment. It's like on Facebook. That's a good comment, Mike. I appreciate the love. That's all I'm going to say to that comment. And uh, what did he say? I'm not going into anything else there. Anyways, um, <laughs> tonight we are doing GLD. That's horseshit. That's shit. You're not sharing the comments. Mike's, Mike's Mike's comment was, "I love you, Jeffrey Mueller." There you go. Uh, he's sharing the love. I'm saying the same thing right back. Anyways, um, 
Roxy and I went to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, beginning the actually the end of March and the beginning of April. Uh, and on a Saturday morning, we went down to the Great Lakes Distillery. Something that I hadn't that I had wanted to do for at least ten years because I really drank their absinthe initially before I even knew who they were, and then when I Went on the website finally because I was going to Milwaukee and I'm like I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to the Great Lakes Distillery. So I researched where it was. It was be- that between that and the Dancing Goat because there's a Dancing Goat Distillery there, and I wanted to go. And so when I looked into it and I saw Guy Rehorst uh, and read about him and that it's a established distillery, I wanted to see this. I mean, honestly, I was staying you know within. 15 minutes of where I grew up as a child um, at a Holiday Inn Express right off of 894. Anybody who knows uh, the Milwaukee area on Lincoln. And I I typed in, you know, usually when I type in a distillery, how far away on my GPS, it's usually like hour and 15 minutes, you know, 45 minutes. You know, it's got some and it was literally it said 11 minutes. I was 11 minutes away. I hopped on 894, went down 94, got off, went across the 3rd Street Bridge, and there it was. Now, what's really cool, it was in the Walker Point area, which when I w- doesn't mean a lot of people, unless people are familiar with Milwaukee, but as a kid in the 80s, uh, or a young adult in the 80s and uh, early 90s, um, the Walker Point area um, had a lot of art-type stuff happening, and the bars opened, and Mexican restaurants were down there. And so it was a place to go down there. There was an Irish pub and whatever. So going down there, again, brought back memories of the area, but also seeing the distillery, you know, we walked in, and it was, they. it's just, oh, it's, it reminds me of Milwaukee. Um, it's unique like Milwaukee though as you walked in and to the right they had food but they also had a they had a bar and a pub it was like a bar pub area and then to the left it's all open was where they were selling the distillate and then when you walked through the doors you were back by the pot still similar to um what was happening at uh, uh where was that um where, where by the why am I having a problem? When we went to the, the place in in Chicago, what was it? Um, what's the distillery on our way home back? Uh, oh, you're talking about Thornton. Thornton, thank you. In Thornton, yeah. Illinois, um, similar. You know, they had the bar, and then you went off to the yeah. right, and then you were through, and then you were out. Now their stuff was attached. Okay, you know the the actual when you went into the barrel room at Thornton, it was like going into the the distillery and barrel room together at the Great Lakes Distillery. Um, But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put up some video because I did videotape some stuff with, as we go, I'll fit this in for the YouTube. I've got, I had an interview and Guy talks about um, the whiskey and everything. But tonight, what we want to do here on the just general podcast, uh, before I put that up on, you know, before I add that in in YouTube for everybody here, we're going to talk about the spirits, the, because for me, I I didn't know what to expect. It's a Milwaukee, you know, when you're talking about bourbon and rice, what, you know, when you're talking about those craft distilleries, you're not sure what to expect because you've got what used to be five, six years ago and what is now. Because 
I think now it's hard to find a craft distillery that isn't good. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Most of them have something going on. Most craft distilleries, it's they're single barrels. I mean, they're single barrels in their gift shop. Just seemed, and it was the Great Lakes Distillery was no different. They were just selling those. They had lines. They'd release a single barrel, and lines would line up, and it would just be gone. Same thing. What's going to happen at Neely this this weekend? They're going to be releasing that Jet the old Jet Brothers, and that stuff is going to line up, and it's going to be gone. You know what I mean? That's kind of what's been happening. But this, you know, being around since two thousand and four. Really gives them some, what would you say, weight? You know what I mean? Clout. Yeah. Yeah. They've been yeah. around since 2004. They're still yeah. around, 19 years running. So they can't be putting a bunch of shit in the bottle. You know, that's one thing. If they're putting crap in the bottle, they, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. You know what I mean? 19 years. So that's one thing that, and then they have a, a whiskey called the Kinnikinick whiskey. They're Kinnikinick whiskey. That's won awards. And it's a whiskey. It's Asian used barrels, but, that was pretty good. I got to taste that. And that's because they're right around the Kinnikinick River. That that goes right through the city of Milwaukee. So there's a bunch of stuff, you know, reasons and whatever. So this is home for me. So it's kind of cool to be able to find a distillery at back home that's this way. So let's get into it a little bit there, CT. All right. So let's, let's, what do you want to start off, rye or bourbon? Well, let's now let's start out with uh, let's start out with the dirty Helens and let's start with the bourbon, the, the so, barrel strength bourbon. So you want to go barrel strength right off the bat? Yeah, that's I'm gonna wake that palate up. <laughs> All right, so so we're starting out at 125.4 proof. Yeah, I did. You read the read the notes. Let me see. This is the barrel strength bourbon and the rye, and uh, I'll check them. Okay. Greg Schneider says, Josh and the group. Oh, so yeah, that's he said he had a great visit with uh, Wisco this week. Um, Josh Charleston is the guy who runs that group. Uh, we're pretty, because I'm from Wisconsin, I've kind of friended Josh, and Josh has friended me. Uh, when I went back, I was able to get a, a Wisco t shirt, and he let me have a Wisco Glen Karen. At the time. Wow. So I got that part of that. And then Josh uh, knows uh, Greg also. So Greg Greg loves to get up. Uh, I think Ohio is the number one market for chicken cock whiskey with Wisconsin right behind it. It's It has to be because they're advertising a lot, too, because I see it on Facebook. Uh, it's, it's chicken cocks out there getting their name out there. Oh, yeah. The, the, yes. And then... Um, that 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 ad I want to talk to uh, Greg about, but that's okay. All right, so I'm putting that in there. I with the bourbon, the Dirty Helen. Um, this is uh, similar to what uh, what uh, our favorite alchemist does. He does research on people in the area. So this this Dirty Helen. I've got the story here. Um, Dirty Helen. All right, I had this before. The legend and notoriously foul-mouthed owner of the infamous Milwaukee Speakeasy and post-prohibition saloon, The Sunflower. All right. The Sunflower Inn. Helen and... Cunning millionaires, 
bank robbers, detectives, and gangsters as she hustled her way. Okay, what did she, what says um, Helen? Met cunning millionaires, bank robsters, bank robbers, detectives, and gangsters as she hustled her way through the early 20th century criminal underworld from New York to Chicago to San Francisco and every warehouse, tavern, and mining camp in between. We celebrate her life the way she did with bourbon. No ordinary, no ordinary bourbon will live up to Helen's unique lager, unique larger than life, <laughs> lager than life, larger than life uh, persona. The one so of a barrel strength, right? The one of a kind barrel strength bourbon is big and bold, just like Dirty Helen. You can read the story of Helen's own in Helen's own words by purchasing the book Good Time Party Girl: The Notorious Life of Dirty Helen Cornwell, 1886 to 1969. That's that's crazy, 1969. Dirty Helen was still a Milwaukee figure and uh she, it was a rough did You reading, say she was born in 1866? I think 1867 to She's 100 years old? She lived to be 100? I will let you... I'll say it again. I'll put these back on for you. <laughs> I mean, that's that's pretty amazing through that time period. No, 1886 to 1969. Okay, so she was... So she was... Okay. So let's put that there. We got that in our glass. I mean, that's the same thing. Um, lot, Very, very similar to Maddie Gladden. Correct. She was a brothel owner in French Lake and uh, shot Lee Sinclair in the face. <laughs> it's just like, what What more? I mean, you're talking about women who basically were drinking whiskey. You know, she was pre-Prohibition. But 1886, during Prohibition, 96, 2000, or 1906, 16. I mean, 1916, she was 30 years old, right? I mean, God. <laughs> But to think that she still was on this planet in 1969 when I was already five years old was, you know. Yeah. That's what I mean. That was a tough time to live through, to live that much further out, you know. Unless she enjoyed life. She sounds like she did. So I really like the nose on this. It's very chocolatey. Or what did you say? Cocoa. There's a little bit of, I mean, I just, it's actually... I just, I love it. I love this type of nose. It's a chocolate with some oak in it, but the, you know, the oak's not powerful. It's just there. Right. But the chocolate's definitely. And there's a good amount of ethanol. I mean, actually, if you use your dominant nostril and take a big enough uh, sniff, it almost, it makes you sneeze. But. Yeah. It, the it's very got some first octane. Time, yeah. It's, it's got some, but it's got a sweetness. So when you drink it, almost like a little bit of honey. I mean, it's just, it's a sweetness to it. Yep. There's right up front. It's good. Yeah. I, when I was, uh, I tasted through the, the regular bourbon, the bottled in bond, which I believe I have the bottled in bond here. 
and then I tasted the Dirty Helen, there's no doubt that the barrel strength was on a level of of that's, uh, high that's end good. bourbon. Yeah, I mean, this this what what did this sell for, Jeff? When you were there, <laughs> you suck. Just put me on the spot. I think I no. Can... I'm just curious. Do you do you remember? No, I want to say eighty. Okay, but I, mean, I can tell that's... you. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, Bar and Grill fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-hosts sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! That's really good, though. I mean, it is... It has all the good characteristics going. The finish is so, it's still going. And it's got that nice little, you know, I guess everybody talks about the Kentucky hug. Obviously, that's not it because it's a Wisconsin. So it's the Wisconsin warming that's going on, but it's it's good. It picks, it's one thing you can say. I love the sweetness. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not a. It's picking up some nice wood sugars there, but it, it's, you yeah. know, at least two years old, they say, but it doesn't taste, um, you know, so it's Kentucky straight bourbon. It's not young. It doesn't taste young. Right. Uh, he's putting other stuff in there to, to really, yeah. you know, um, I'm like, I'm, I, 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 that's, that's a high rated bourbon. I mean, it's right up there with uh, barrel strengths. You know, I, I'm not going to say um, I'm not going to compare it to Booker's because it's not a c- comparable thing, but it's no. enjoyable. You know what I mean? They're, yeah. they're different type 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 animals. They're both bourbons. They're both barrel strength. But this is more. You know, I always like to say it's the same thing about Lee. Um, you know what the spirit of French Lake and craft distilleries. They shouldn't be trying to compete with Kentucky bourbon. They should be doing their own thing. And this definitely would define like what Wisconsin bourbon should be like. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think anybody who drank that would have to agree that, I mean, unless you just, it didn't fit your profile. It's, it's very good. It's that it's the finish is still going. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of those that you'd really like to send Minnick's way to see what he thought. You know, because he likes – there's a – the finish just hit some Biddle honey on me. There's like a honey-flavored finish. The, the honey is there in the front too, I think. It's it's like you said, it's got the sweet sweetness from the wood, but I think it takes on a little bit of a honey note for me. But with the chocolate, with the honey, with the – and it just blends well. It's – that's a – they did a great job with that one. Yeah, All right, I really liked it. The rye is going to have a hard time of holding up to that. So the rye is a barrel strength rye and it comes in at one. What is this one? 25.8. Yeah, that was 62.7. And this is 62.9. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, man, that nose is delicious. Yeah. Wow. You were saying. So the story, and I'm going to read a little bit. Of, so we showed up. Guy met us um, and uh, showed us around and asked us what, you know, didn't know what to make of us. Me and Roxy were there and didn't, you know. But um, I'll give you a little history on him. Guy Rehorst is the founder of Great Lakes Distillery, having started the company in 2004. Despite numerous obstacles, guys managed, Guy managed to license and begin distillery operation in 2006, establishing the first beverage distillery in Wisconsin since Prohibition. Congratulations, Guy, on that one. In 2009, yeah. Guy was instrumental in getting Wisconsin state laws that prohibited distilleries from tasting or selling their own product changed. By mid-year, Great Lakes Distilling Distillery was able to open the state's first distillery tasting room. Later that same year, Guy played a crucial role in preventing an effort to increase alcohol excise taxes 58% in the state of, of Wisconsin. Besides managing day-to-day -day businesses at Great Lakes Distillery, Guy is active in the micro-distilling industry, having established the Addy forums to further communication amongst industry members. Guy has recently been appointed to the Craft Distillers Advisory Council of the Washington, D.C.-based Distilled Spirits Council of the United States. Previously, Guy was a founder of a high-tech manufacturer that was twice listed on the Inc. You know, the Inc. 500 list of fastest-growing companies in the U.S. He is still often heard wondering aloud what he will do when he grows up. So that's what uh, Guy, you know, gives you a little bit of a history of the man. Uh, meeting him was kind of special. Uh, he definitely is what you would think. Just like meeting Wally Dant. Like meeting, uh, you know, these people, you know, when you meet them, you meet Fred No, you meet people that are in this industry. And they're just so, he's so down home. I asked him a stupid question because I obviously didn't read this. That if he if the Wisconsin had a distilling uh, a distillers guild, and he's like, "Yeah," uh, and I headed up. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> so. It was almost like an insult, uh, not knowing. But at the same time, he he didn't. You know, there's nothing that he made you feel bad about. And then he let us taste the wine. And I'm going to tell you, you know, I was watching my. Um, uh, you know, me and uh, whiskey do the rapid tasting, and I was doing rapid tasting of Law's Rye, and it was making me make the face. It was not very good, but when I tasted this, and I'm just gonna, we're gonna do the barrel strength first, and I'll give you the story about the other part after that. But okay, so you know, honestly, this smells more like a Booker's than the barrel strength bourbon. The barrel strength bourbon has that sweetness and that chocolate, which Booker's is nothing about chocolate. You know what I mean? Booker's has a yeah, lot of things. But this, you got that rye flavor, but you're picking up a little bit of caramel. I, it gives me like a bait, like a, I can't put my finger on what the cake is, but there's like a baked good to this. Like some kind of baked bread with like a sweet bread, though. Like pineapple uh, upside down cake. <laughs> no, not pineapple. But it does. It's it's just a like a sweet cake of some sort. Let's let's taste. I like it. it. All right, let's taste it. 
looks like. You know what that reminds me of? What? Pepper. James E. Pepper. Oh, okay. But want to know what this reminds me of? Fucking delicious. It is good. I mean, it's good. The rye is there. You can taste mm-hmm. the rye, but it oh, does, it's all over your tongue. But it, yeah, but it pushes chocolate, and it's almost like you had a breath mint. It's so refreshing. Yeah, the the rye is really big on the tongue, but it's it's got a whole different set of stuff going on on it. But I still pick up the chocolate. I'm getting like milk chocolate. Second time smelling it, do you smell raisin? A little bit of raisin in it. I'm not picking that up. More baking spice. And I'll give you on the flavor, on the finish I'm picking up, I could pick up a little bit of that. Yeah. It's chocolate's it's got gone, like a, but there's a sweetness, but it's more like a, a prune, like prune juice. Prune juice yeah. finish. But yeah. I'm not not in a bad way. It's not overpowering. No. No, it's just a little bit of sweetness to subtle. It makes so the, the it would be a, if you really wanted to come down to it, it would be a current finish. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that's. I'm sorry, that's good. Look Why, at the don't be sorry. look at the it's legs good. on that thing. It's it just sticks to the glass and holds the legs. Mm-hmm. They don't pour yeah. back in. They stick like glue. The viscosity on that and the mouthfeel of both those are fantastic. Yeah, again, both bottles that if you had them in your bar, you would be happy to share those with anybody who came to your house. All right. So, is there any number eight? Still Oak Rye, ninety proof. We're dropping off about thirty-five proof. Yep. So we're going where? Number eight is uh, still oak rye. You just want to go right to the rye, the regular rye. I'm just going down the list. Straight rye whiskey. 90 proof. This is a 90 proof. And then we'll do the bottled in bonds after it. Okay. So just, just for your information. So we're sitting at the table or the bar, and they pull them all out. And just, we start tasting through. And I taste their bourbon. I taste their bottled in bond bourbon, and I taste the Dirty Helen. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty, That that's good. That's really good, the Dirty Helen and the whatever. So anyways, what happens, though, next is... I start with rye, and I start telling guy, not a fan of rye. Just no. You gotta quit saying that. What? Because you're you are. But I still wanted to prepare him for if (laughs) if that that nat. But it's just my palate, and he understood. And I'm talking to him, and I knows it, and I'm like, "Uh, that's bad. That's not bad." And then I go like this, and go to talk to him, and again. I had to look back at the bottle and the thing. Make sure it was what you were drinking. That you you tell me now. Drinking that, Mr. Mr. Spinner. 
Mm. It's it nose is great, but it's amazing how the ethanol, like the heat of the barrel proofs, that this does not carry that over. Yeah, but I'm you know, this tell is a you much I subtle smell. How do you do that? I've never had a rye taste like that before. I could tell you what I'm tasting all day long. I could fucking buy that bottle and drink it for fun. There's not a well, rye on the it planet. It's it's it so soft. It, it just goes. It's light, but it's it's fucking Granny Smith apple. It, it's it's the an apple. I think I I get honey on this again. Apple honey deliciousness. I mean, if you warm this up, it, it would be like a a dessert treat, a healthy dessert treat. I still like it. I'm still amazed that this is this good. Wow. It's the honestly. When you're talking about it's, a 90 proof rye, okay, not a toasted yeah. barrel, barrel proof, you know, which the, you know, not a finished, mixers, not fin- it, it's, it's, it's the best one I've ever tasted. It's so drinkable. I've never had a rye yet where I want to drink it. Like I want to, I just want to drink it, like go out and party and drink the bottle. Is that? So is the rye, does it say on there what the rye, did they do anything to it? Is it any different than, All right. is that rye You're going to make so... me do this again. I'm going to try. I did all right. But there's something about that rye that's different. I just, I'm just looking for my, my glass. Oh, I put them right. No, no. I mean, how the hell do my glasses, are they up on my head? No. Nope. <laughs> there they are. Okay, so you want to know about this rye. All right. Straight rye whiskey is prized for its big, bold, and spirited flavor. Our unique straight rye whiskey recipe uses 100% rye grain from local Wisconsin farmers. This rye is then milled at a local artesian grain mill. Great Lakes Distillery knows that the best rye grain and rye malt will deliver the most flavor, 100% rye spirit. Our quality runs even deeper than this, though. Never cutting corners, we use copper pot stills to distill our straight rye whiskey in small batches and only use 53-gallon new new charred white oak barrels to age this rye whiskey. The old-world techniques are what impacts a rare and special character to the bottle that you hold in your hand. Enjoy it responsibly. Cheers. So that's what you're looking at for that. They're using Wisconsin rye and malt. Rye malt. Yeah, so it's – it absolutely – If we weren't drinking five, I would just pour myself a pour and I'd drop the mic on it. I mean – I'm going to drink – I'm drinking it tomorrow night. I can tell you that. I mean, we can, I'll bring, I should bring this bottle and ask what people think, because seriously, I would like to just rave about it because I've not found something like this. Have you? No, And that's why I said pepper, because pepper to me is the only distillery that consistently has made a good non-finished rye to me. Like they have so many barrels that they bring out and they're single barrel, single barrel, single barrel, like you were saying. You can literally walk into James E. Pepper and they have three single barrel ryes available in their shop. It somewhat has that flavor profile to me, which is great. Kitchen staff upstairs, folks, if you can hear that, is cleaning up. 
kitchen staff. I mean, you're is my, that what you're calling her? My well, my wife. <laughs> my wife is loading the dishwasher during the podcast. It's awesome. It's like she knows she knows I'm down here podcasting. She's just like I hear silverware clinking, and it's awesome. I I'm all for it. it it's hey, just like it's a podcast. I want to be there when I tell her that you called her kitchen staff <laughs> because I'm and getting she's even that. going outside. Like what the hell is she doing? That? It's like, <laughs> thanks. We're getting lots of stuff. Let's see. Uh anyways. All right. What's next? Um, uh, I'll I'll talk about the next one real quick, and then do you check see if we have any comments we need to catch up? So, Still Oak bottled in bond bourbon. Still Oak bottled in bond bourbon. Now, I I, I don't have to ask you the proof because it's bottled in bond, so it's one hundred proof. Yes, and then also um, Super Nash is watching, and he's he asked if I needed to borrow his glasses to find my glasses. That was one of his comments, and he wants to try it, so he's saying we should bring it along. So and then and then he's like laughing that I call I said kitchen staff. Well, that's because she's laughing because she's going to be like you know I remember Tiny. He was a good guy. Martin's remembering Tiny. Yeah, because what? <laughs> so we're going with the bottled in bond rye, right? No, no. Bottled in bond bourbon. We're oh. going to switch it up. We're switching it up. I, I mean, everything that you do in a tasting. Now, just uh, throw it, throwing it out there to everybody, a little um, a little bit of a, a, what would you say, a teaser. But in May, we are going to have our first ever Scotchy Bourbon Boys um, tasting of the month, which is going to be Elijah Craig 18 year. So, um, it's going to be interesting. So I'm getting some stupid stuff about Facebook recovery or whatever, but I don't care. Um, it seems like are we, we still seem to be live, right? Yeah. So anyways, it's going to be interesting. Is she... Uh, getting off of that, getting back on Facebook. There we go. And again, nose is great. It smells so good. My God. Yeah. And this has legs for days. This thing, this bottle, this bourbon, this bottled in bond is sticking and just coming down. This is it, right? Right here. Bottled in bond bourbon, 100 proof, 750 milliliter. Let's see what they got on the back of this bottle, right? Yeah, did you find your glasses? Yeah, I found them. All, All right. right. Just asking. In adherence with the federal bottled and bond regulations, this bourbon whiskey was distilled in one season by one distiller at one distillery, aged a minimum of four years in oak casks and bottled at 100 proof. Every year we select and bottle the four fine qualified barrels for your enjoyment. All right, and now we got toilet flushing. What the hell is there? Not my wife here. Distilled with the kitchen. The kitchen staff has to use the bathroom. Hudson's oldest distillery from sixty-seven percent corn, twenty-two percent barley, and eleven percent rye. Distilled, aged, and bottled by Great Lakes Distillery in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They have the DSB Wisconsin fifteen o two o o two Great Lakes Distillery. That's pretty cool. So let's pour it. I don't understand what's going on, woman. 
<laughs> Nobody else can hear it but you. Yeah, I'm podcasting. You're flushing toilets and doing dishes. <laughs> it's all good. What? It's all good. I, she I, says life goes on. Um, I, I I was explaining a way that you were kitchen staff cleaning up. <laughs> Is that Roxy? What? Is Roxy there? Yeah, she's talking about she's talking about being. She's like, I'm not kitchen staff. No, she's not. But still, Roxy, don't tell him till after this weekend. You can wait till Monday. <laughs> Did you hear that? That's what I really hated too. Just kitchen staff. Yeah, he said, "Don't kill me till after this weekend." <laughs> All right, so let's do this. Neither bottom. one of you might not last after this weekend. Well, the so, weekend might kill us. The bourbon goes back to the chocolate note to me. Well, it's, that would be consistent with the it's a barrel strength person, you know, barrel strength partner. Yeah, I get that chocolate note right off the rip again. Not as heavy on the oak though, like the first one. The oak came off the nose a little more. I don't get that as heavy now. It's funny. I pick up the malt for a second, and then it's gone, and then the chocolate. It's funny because. Late, uh, we went to the movies to see Mario Brothers with uh, my grandkids this past weekend. And my grandson, he made me purchase him a box of Milk Duds. So (laughs) I'm just going to tell you, Milk Duds today aren't quite what I remember the Milk Duds being. No, and the older you get, you don't want to eat them because they tear your damn teeth out of your face. Well, I, even as a kid, would suck the chocolate off and then make the caramel to the point where it was loose enough, you know, where it went rip. I just liked it. That's how I did it. So I had a couple milk duds. You know, and I think my. (laughs) There, Roxy said it. They weren't what I remember. I actually think the milk dud taste in a bourbon is 50 times better than the actual milk dud. It's, it must yeah, be my adult. You get that milk dud, the Whopper taste. Sometimes, like these have more of a Whopper than a milk dud to me. What I'm looking for, seriously, if someone can produce a bourbon that has a macaroni and cheese <laughs> Finish? Oh, I I'm done. Because if it's macaroni, what's their bourbon that tastes like macaroni and cheese? <laughs> I'm just telling. If I'm like, there's the finish. Oh my god, it's macaroni and cheese made with parquet margarine. Are I'm you just, shitting me? I'm just dropping the glass, Did quitting the podcast. No, I'm going to quit the podcast and just drink that the rest of my life. Because that's I, that's one of my favorite flavors on the planet. Just Not in bourbon. I would probably like it if it finished with the macaroni and cheese. <laughs> and, uh, it, now, and then it starts with no viewers now because you went off the deep end. We have like seven, but it starts. No, with, yeah, they're they're all leaving soon because you're talking about macaroni and cheese and bourbon. All right. Um. Let's see. Nash is still commenting. He's like chocolate malted milk balls. That's what he likes. Yep. 
And this has that chocolate malted milk ball like a Whopper. This is really good. This is good, I, I admit. And um, I would say their whiskeys do the trick. I'm just drinking smaller pours. And I'm feeling, you know, after four of them, I'm feeling all right. The bourbon, every one of the, the, the two bourbons, though, it is funny that you get the chocolate malted ball on the nose. But when they go down, it's like the honey is there taking that chocolate through your palate because that honey hits right off the rip. It's so sweet. Yeah. It's a very, very, very likable taste. Yeah, and for a non-finished to have that sweet of a honey flavor, holy crap. Yeah. That's good. All right. Bring that bottle, too. We're going to want to drink that. So you want the bottled and bond bourbon? All of them. <laughs> All of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm just supposed to bring the whole case. All right. Well, uh, I mean, with- Nash hasn't had them. He needs to try them. Yeah, we'll do that for Nash. All right. So that brings us to... The last one, which is the Bottled in Bond Rye. And I don't remember. I know it it was still good, but I still really love that regular rye. This got a different nose than the other ryes. A little more grainy, grassy kind of. I hope not. I get more. It's it's not the same. It's not as sweet as those. All right. Here we go. Not as apple It's just, yeah. It's, it picks up. It's picking up the rye spice. That's what you're kind of doing. Yeah. It's, cha- it's, cha- it's not the same as the other ones as far as that goes. As far as the nose. Yeah. Let's see what it, what the taste does. Now, I'm going to tell you, it's unique. So, instead of apple, it tastes like rye bread. Mm. With a little bit of honey. Yeah, there's a honey on there again. So, but, this is rye, like that rye seed forward. And that's not what I don't like about rye. I no, this isn't. This isn't a, unlikable. Again, this is good. It's, I what I don't like about rye is formaldehyde, salt, dill pickle, um, celery, that vegetable flavor. That's what I don't like about rye. There's nothing here. I pick up that rye seed, the seed, you know, from rye bread. If you you know when you're eating rye bread and you chop out one of the seeds yeah it's yeah and i pick that up but then i pick up i'm man now you're making me pick up a green i'm picking up a lime skittle on the on the freaking it's a it is a i just pick i it's a lime skittle on the finish Holy shit, we've turned into that podcast really no seriously i just picked up that that sweet lime skittle a uh, lime skittle. I don't get no lime skittle, dude. It's totally lime skittle. <laughs> there is no lime skittle. The you, sweet, the uh, sweetness is the skittle and the rye. 
Sting just is, if you just think about that right there. No. I think if you, you know, know why you don't know why it's not a lime Skittle? Is like, when's the last time CT ate a Skittle? Not that long ago. I have kids. Which one? Did you have strawberry or whatever? Did you? Okay. The green one? How about a lime Starburst? There's no lime. I'm not getting no lime. I'm getting honey. I'm getting. But the sweetness, uh, I get the sweetness with that, but there's just that little twinge of Sprite. <laughs> you are digging on that lime. <laughs> I am. I get it. I fucking, it's, it, I, I'm serious. These three rise. Guy, guy basically dissected my brain and said, the guy doesn't like rye that much. I'm going to produce a rye. I'm going to basically produce three different ryes, and he's going to love all of them. And he, yeah, like, he like did a puzzle box of my mind. Holy shit. Hey, is the kitchen staff still down there? Yeah, no, the kitchen staff has gone up, stopped emptying the waste baskets, flushing the toilet, and doing the dishes. Okay. I was just going to tell her, hi. Yeah. So. Mm. Nash is like, just. Well, I, don't, I don't get your line. It's still what I, I, I'm not sure what grain. Is it 100% rye? Yeah, that's what they said. Their rye mash bill is, uh, well, it's malt, rye malt barley. So the malt has to have something. Why it has such a honey note to it? Well, Nash is thinking it's where they're getting their barrels from. From Winnie the Pooh? (laughs) (laughs) Take her two. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh. Oh, Christopher Robin. The wonderful thing about Tigger's. Tigger's a wonderful thing. They bounce, bounce, bounce. Tigger! But Winnie the Pooh cannot be supplying Great Lakes their barrels, but holy shit, there's honey in everything. Yeah. Now, they do a couple things with Wisconsin honey, but not their bourbon. I mean, it's not, that's not like, you know, they finish some things and do some things. And, uh, I mean, the, when I was there, we got to, uh, there was a seven year, they had made their bourbon, uh, they had made a brandy and stuck it in, um, a cherry, um, cask. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. Barrel was made of cherry. I, I I have no. I was just trying to whether it was cherry wood or whatever. And uh, what is that? Oh, you're doing the old pepper. Well, I've got a pepper that was a couple of their picks that I just want to see if that note is the same because man, it seems familiar. Mm, it's different. Yeah, I'm telling you, they that um, guy knows what he's doing. So let's go real quick. Uh, give a guy works with. <laughs> um, I was, you know, I, I reckon it's master distiller Doug McKenzie. Um, Doug is a former world class speed skater, studied architecture in college, 
using his talents working with custom stonework. He now exercises his creativity and his talent by creating superb spirits. And I'm going to go with, I agree. I mean, the bourbon's good, but the rye is like, honestly, um, something special. So if you like rye whiskey, you need to get there. I mean, you're in the Milwaukee area. Great Lakes Distillery is uh, a, a destination for people, in my opinion. Get down there, take a tour. I mean, uh, we were sitting there. Um, I believe it was the Saturday. Um, the Brewer game was on. We were, you know, they were. There was a bunch of guys at the bar. Uh, they were all, you know, kind of getting into the Scotchy Bourbon Boys at the time because they were across watching what we were doing and what we were recording. And it was just the overall atmosphere of the distillery on a Saturday. You know, we got down there. I think we were there at 10 o'clock. And when we were sitting at the bar, it was like 1130, 12 o'clock. And the, they were getting ready. The, I think the brewers were playing the Cubs at the time. But anyways, um, great atmosphere, great distillery. Uh, guy, obviously, Good. like once again, I you know, he, they've, been, they've been distilling since 2006. The man knows what he's doing. <laughs> So I'll also give a shout out to um, this little story here. When I got back, my dad, when we were in advertising, I was a commercial artist at one point, uh, had a lot of friends in the commercial advertising advertising industry. And uh, Paul Kelly, uh, who was a radio personality, and he had been on the radio for a while, but then he went into radio marketing and advertising uh, he worked at Mark's Advertising, and that's where he met Guy. And um, the two of them back then kind of hit it off. And then when Guy started this thing, and Bob was uh, winding down uh, for the let's see, it's two for the last seven years. So let's say it's twenty twenty three. So twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Um, Bob Marsh kind of hooked up and he's been with the Great Lakes Distillery helping out with the marketing and whatnot. But he was one of my dad's personal friends and he was sharing some of our, um, <laughs> super, super nasty said, you just made him spit bourbon. <laughs> oh, about the Winnie the Pooh? Yeah, I think so. Um, so, uh, Bob Marsh, uh, Paul Kelly, um, is a friend and he's been sharing a lot of our reels and whatnot. And it was kind of cool to go back home, go to the distillery and then find that once again, friendship connection. It's a connect. Mm -hmm. I had not really talked to him. I've talked to him over Facebook, but I look forward to going back in September to, Wisconsin and maybe getting down there and sharing a pour with somebody from, you know, from, you know, family from my past, you know, and that's something that once again, it bourbon brings people closer together, whether it's, you know, incidental meetups or, you know, kind of friendship people that you never would have expected or old friends or new friends or whatever. That's what it's all about. Right. Yeah. You would have never met me if it weren't for bourbon. This is true. And I wouldn't, have, <laughs> I wouldn't have met seriously. I don't think I would have met 90% of my friends right now. If it wasn't for bourbon. I, I mean, I was going to say it brings in a whole new group of friendships. So, yeah, and I'm thankful for that. 
very thankful. So overall, CT, what what are you thinking about the Great Lakes Distillery? I mean, honestly, that's so like if I had to scale, like if we said we were going to give a distillery a, a in a ten, what would they dis, you know what would we give them off of these these bottles? I mean, this is a solid seven and a half for me. Right. Everything was good. There was nothing like, oh my god, I that's the best I've ever had. But everything was good and even above good. There, um, <clears throat> I I can't believe that the 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 bourbons follow that chocolate malt, like you said, that chocolate uh, whopper kind of flavor. But everything had a little honey note in it. Everything was very drinkable. Um, I I am super impressed for a. I'm so impressed that when we go to Chicago next month, I'm like, how far is it to Milwaukee? <laughs> I think I think we need to go up there yeah. while we're in Chicago. We might be able to work that out on head up on Sunday. That's only about an hour and a half. And we could uh Sunday Road morning trip. wake up. Uh I'll I'll see what we could do with Guy. I mean, I'm sure he'd meet us down there. I'm sure Bob might meet us down there and we uh, you know, touch I'm base. totally impressed. I think it's amazing. The 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 product is it blew me away as far as what I expected because well, but I'll but be- I'll even say that I was you know you were saying you know but I seriously think I dare anybody to find I mean honestly just the small batch rye you know just the you don't expect ninety proof small batch stuff at this point you know how we you know. You know what we do. Small batches are—they exist. They're okay, but you've tasted so much good whiskey, CT, that usually that small batch is just—you uh, know—it's it's kind of bland. Well, it's not bland, but you you judge it as a small batch. It's not you're not looking for spectacular. And honestly, that apple flavor in that small batch rye, you know, not the 100 proof. It's the 90 yeah. proof standard thing, $36 a bottle. <laughs> I yes. mean, I mean seriously, I'd buy more of these. And and on and honestly, I've never ever as a Scotchy bourbon boy said, I'd buy I have not I give even um bottles of rye that I like, you know, yeah, I've never I I give them away because for me I like it, but when you put it up against a bourbon, it's not a comparison. I might like it, no, but I like about fifty thousand other bourbons. You, but in you this, you like the, the bourbon flavor better. But this rye is you're right; it's good. It's at the point where I would I would hang on to that, and if I'm gonna, I might one night be like, I'm in the flavor, I'm in the mood for a, you know, a Granny Smith apple flavored whiskey. Yeah, for for a non-finished brand, which I mean, in 2023, a lot of stuff is finished. And and by finished, I mean finished in a secondary barrel. And whether that be a wine barrel or a honey barrel or a a maple barrel, um, there's a lot of finished stuff out there. And they're all very, you know, different. And some people like this over that. But to not be finished, um, (laughs) it's... There is some some flavor profiles in those that just jump right out of the glass. 
And I think that's pretty awesome. So uh, Super Nash just mentioned that um, he felt that it might be the char level and where they're getting their barrels, where they're picking up that. Uh, and I'll have to find out where they're actually purchasing the barrels, you know, because I did talk to him. I might have to go back to the interview. Because Did we already discuss where they were getting the barrels from? I might have with him on the interview. We just said Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> no, that is not saying. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Super Nash says that's a lot for a non-finished rye whiskey. I mean, it's just your standard, their standard rye. Honestly, again, I'll reiterate. I was talking to him, explaining how I might not like his rye. I sipped it, and I basically stopped in mid-sentence and looked back Looked at the bottle, and I'm like, how is that a rye? I get it, but I've never tasted something a rye that good just off. The, it, it was a, it stopped me. You know what I mean? It was just so it's, a, it's it, a Wisconsin it's a rye. Stopper. Yeah, it's the rye. So, so this is probably, you know, and that's the thing with rye is, and, and if people out there don't understand it, I mean, obviously, rye grow northern. Uh, states, it's not something like corn where you're going to find it in the Midwest and throughout the the middle part of the country. But you know, I would say that some of the rise that we see from a lot of companies are not as far north uh, as what they may be pulling this. So maybe well, it's just got a totally different profile. Rye is a hardier wheat. Okay, mm-hmm. so it grows in those colder climates. Whereas wheat, as you get down, and because of the demand for just regular wheat for breads and baking goods, you don't get, getting a wheat is harder for a distillery and the amount of wheat you need. That's why you don't see a lot of wheated bourbons. And rye is in that, in those higher, it's harsher, it's hardier. They could grow it in the northern area, and you know where it's colder climates, and like I like you said, and and there's reasons why rye is used, rye wheat is used for you know bourbon and rye whiskeys, opposed to wheat because same reason why um, you know corn that they use is not the same as sweet corn that we eat because you can make a lot more money selling it as a food product for flour and whatever than you can putting it into it's all used for the food and they make more money and then um, the rise were grown and it was a way to basically turn what was gonna just go bad into money i mean that's what it comes down to can you imagine as good as this rye is the way it is, which that's awesome. If it was finished in a rum barrel. Oh my God. Yeah. I, that I, he it's might, amazing. I mean, seriously, he might be doing that guy might be doing that. When, if we could get up there on that Sunday, that's what our goal. Would we, be. we might know a guy Turner who might have a rum barrel. If he's not. Yeah, Turner might have a rum barrel. Maybe he wants to wants to put this rye into his uh, rum. You know, who knows? We could. Wow. I mean, that's what we're about, right? Hooking the right people yeah. up with the right people, right? Uh, yep. If, Imagine if this, that with rum. All these ryes went into a rum barrel. I have a feeling it would be pretty epic. I agree too. 
All right, man. With that, uh, let's uh, wrap this up. I I got a first. Uh, let's see where I'm at. Uh, I'm I'm ready. I uh, I think tonight technically we're on a roll, right? Yeah, yeah. Roll. Uh, let's see if I fuck this up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty good chance. Uh, yeah, there's pretty always good a good chance I'm going to screw it up. Okay, it's not music. It is YouTube. All right, there we're ready to go. No, that's that was not it. I'm going to. Uh, yeah, let's see if I can get the... Is, oh. is Nash meeting us down there? By the way, since Nash is listening, is Nash, Nash, are you coming down Friday meeting us early, or are you meeting us at Mictors? Okay, so we're going to... So now that we've, um, we're skipping Neely, my goal is to leave at... Well, let's, let's, let's finish this up, okay? I'm ready to go, and then we'll talk about it on the post-podcast. All right, everybody... Thank you so much for watching, everybody on Facebook. It looked like there was a lot of people watching tonight as far as commenting, and we really appreciate everybody. Uh, remember, yes, thank you. Thank you. next Tuesday, uh, or actually next, next this Friday, uh, I'm hoping to go live at 1.30 from Michter's Distillery. We will have Super Nash CT. Myself and Dan McKee from Mictors live. And then also uh, look for us on Sunday at about probably about 1.30. There's a chance we could be going live from Neely with Rebecca and Royce Neely or, or Rebecca. We'll see how that goes. But then next Tuesday, we will be going live with Randy Prass. El Presidente of the Scotchy Bourbon Boys and the president of Kentucky Bourbon Festival to talk about this year's festival and their May 11th, 12 p.m. Tickets go on sale for that September 14th through 17th festival that the Scotchy Bourbon Boys will be at. So uh, exciting week, everybody. Exciting, exciting week. So remember www.scotchybourbonboys.com for all things Scotchy Bourbon Boys, Glenn Karen's t-shirts, and Scotchy Bourbon Balls. And then also, check us out at that, that Crystal Glenn Karen that CT has. Uh, that's that's a special order, man. The, only a few of us have those. Okay. That just tells I'll you, that. there's your regular Scotchy Bourbon glass, uh, Scotchy Bourbon Boy Glenn Karen. And then also... Remember, we are on all the major social media uh, formats. Uh, we are on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. And then also on all the podcast formats. Ask Alexa. Ask Siri to, hey, Siri, play the podcast. Oh, nope. I should be quiet. <laughs> it almost did it. Um, ask her to play this. There we go. Tried to play the Scotchy Bourbon Boys right there. She did. <laughs> oh, God. Now I'm not set up. All right, I'm set up now. Anyways, uh, and then also Spotify. Um, just uh, check us out on all those uh, formats. And then also remember, like, listen, subscribe, and leave great feedback. Uh, I'm Tiny. This is CT. CT. This was Great Lakes Distillery. Remember, everybody, 
good bourbon, good whiskey equals good times, good friends. Drink responsibly, but live dangerously. Little Stevo is going to take us out. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar. Oh, don't ask why. Oh, don't ask why. For if we don't find the next whiskey bar, I tell you we must die. I tell you we must die. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you we must die. Oh. Hey, Scotchy Bourbon Boys fans, this is Alan Bishop, Indiana's Alchemist of the Black Forest. So I'm tuning in here today to tell you all about the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute channel on YouTube. If you're at all interested in the art of distilling, whether it be home distilling or professional distilling, and the intense geekery that goes into that process, then check out the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute on YouTube. I promise you're going to learn something you didn't know before about the arts. <laughs>